0: Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at colomunda.church. It's great to be with you this morning. And we're... our website and, and, and our purpose and uh, just, just discovering who we are, because it's so important to know Your who before your do. And that's what we've been discovering with the youth interns on Fridays, doing some leadership stuff there. It's all, you know, a lot of people set do goals. What am I going to do? What's my New Year's resolution? But really, a great New Year's resolution is not a do goal, but a who goal. Who are we going to become as a church this year? Who are you going to become as a believer this year? Because I want to look back at the end of the year and not just say we did stuff, but who did we become? and and look back and be able to say man I'm more like Jesus at the end of 2022 than I was at the start I'm more like him I'm becoming more the holy spirit's work in me is being done and so we've been doing that and we've got a new series coming up soon going into Easter which we'll start plugging soon which is going to take us into Easter but when we're sort of at this stage uh, the next couple of weeks I just thought I'd wait and wait on the lord and speak into where we're at as a church and, uh, and it was great to have Pastor Adam here last week for the induction service. I've been induced now, so um, the label was tough, but I got through it. (laughs) Funny word, isn't it? Induction, being induced. But I think if you do get induced, you should be expectant, so we're expecting. And. And it was a really good word about unity, and I didn't actually tell Adam what to speak on last week. Some people said, yeah, you must have given him the, the, um, the, the whole rundown. I said, just speak on whatever's on your heart, but something that would really bless us as in a new season in starting as a church after uh, things, you know, everything we've been through and, and before my time, something fresh and new. And, and he chose to spoke on, speak on that subject of unity and how important, the importance of unity... And today I want to sort of launch off of that and say, you know, the reason unity is so important is because uh, the devil just loves to divide and, and cause division. And the reason we speak on vision is because when there's more than one vision, there's division, two visions, and there's division. And often the thing that brings us together is unity in vision. And we've been talking about that we are outward focused, that we are more than a Sunday, that we are, what we, we, our goal is to be inter-multi-generational. Uh, and I think when you look at the church uh, news, you'll see a lot of stuff happening with youth, with young adults, with um, that, that area, which is fantastic. Great to see all the kids go out and, and just wonderful to have that, that generation embraced in our church. But I want you to know that we are really passionate about every generation. And that going forward, we're looking at uh, soon, I hope you can make the welcome brunch next week. If you're, even if you've been here for a little bit, you don't feel like you're a new person, that's okay. You just want to find out more about membership but, and also about connect groups. We're looking at launching connect groups off in the life of the church real soon. And there's some uh, we're going to promote that more from the front. And I'd love us to be able to get involved. Who knows that we need small groups. The way to get bigger and more effective is to go smaller and to have more connection and relational connection as a church. So that's just some stuff that we're looking at. But you know, that the devil loves to divide and destroy unity because he wants to actually steal the harvest. He wants to steal a harvest from your life and from this church. I really believe that. It's interesting you got your Bibles and devices. We're not going to go there yet, but that's on the screen. That's the scripture I really want to land on. But let's just go firstly to Acts chapter 2, the day the church was born, the, the day of Pentecost. The Bible says that the day of Pentecost, when it had fully come, they were all together, the believers were all together in one accord, in one place. And suddenly, I just love that thought that what... What ushered in the presence of the Holy Spirit and the power of God to birth the church was a unified people, people in unity. They were together, but they weren't just in one place. They were in one accord. You can be in one place and be in discord, but God is passionate about being in one place and being in one accord having hearts aligned. Does that mean that we're all best friends and sing kumbaya when no one hold hands? No! It doesn't mean that, but it means that when we come together, the thing that brings us together is not race, is not religious stuff of the background, it's blood. The blood of Jesus is family blood, and we are together based on blood. That's why when the prodigal son went back to the father, the father just restored him straight away because his blood hadn't changed. He was still his father's son. And the thing that unites us together as we take communion together is blood. We are one family with a whole lot of differences, and that's good. We want to celebrate diversity, but we want to be united around purpose. The day of Pentecost, they were together, and they were in unity, and boom, the power of God comes. It says the same in Psalms 133, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren, or brothers and sisters, the family of God, to dwell together in unity. And then it says at the end of that uh, psalm for there the Lord commands a blessing in other words God sees unity he commands blessing doesn't suggest blessing doesn't think he says when you're in unity of heart when there's that passionate togetherness there's a blessing that comes and it comes down notice in that psalm it starts at the top it comes down from Aaron's head because it's so important to be united at the top mum and dad it's so important to be in unity in our families amen because the kids see what runs down Sometimes we don't like what they're seeing and I need help, Lord. As church leadership and ministries, at the top there's a unity of vision and heart. That's so powerful that it runs down. And that's something I'm really passionate about because uh, the devil wants to steal the harvest. He would have liked to steal 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost got saved. That started from 120 together in one place and by the way that number had dwindled a bit from the amount of people that would have actually could have been at that place but it got to the people the remnant that were serious about seeking God and were passionate about unity and boom the Holy Spirit comes so 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 let's go to our scripture this morning because I want you to fight for your harvest I want to fight for the harvest in my life and often when we go through hard times tough times there are more there's more going to fight often there is a miracle beyond a mess and we see this in Psalm 23. Are you there? Cool. Verse 8, this is talking about David's mighty men. Notice David had different groups of people around him, and he did have actually three key men in his life around him. He had a small group, a connect group. Uh, notice Jesus had 12, but then he also had three, and then he had John, the one he loved. Jesus believed in connect groups, small groups. And uh, just a side note. Uh, so 23, verse 8. This is talking about David's mighty warriors. And I'm going to get you to, whenever you see a name of a person, j- just shout out the name because I can't, I can't pronounce them. Okay, you ready? Here it goes. These are the names of David's mighty warriors. Ah, uh? <laughs> was chief of the three. He was chief because you just don't mess with someone with a name like that. It's like, okay. It says he raised his spear against eight hundred men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eliza, I can get that one, son of the thank you, as one of the three mighty warriors. He was with David when they taunted the Philistines, gathered at Passed them in for battle. This is great. There's good good interaction this morning. Then the Israelites retreated. But notice this guy, Eliezer, Ele, stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. Just checking I've got the same translation. Froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eliezer. Catch this. The troops came back just to strip the dead. There's a real powerful message in that. They all came back once the war was over, once the fight was over, to get all the spoil, to get all the good stuff, you know. And uh, anyway, we don't want to be that sort of a believer. Number 11, next to him was Shammah, great name that one, Shammah, son of Agi the... I think, Just checking you there. When the Philistines banded together at one place where there was a field full of lentils, his pea patch you could call it, Israel's troops fled from them, but... Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. Key verse there. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. I want you to notice a few things about this passage, this text, and I want to draw out a couple of things, but these is a fight for the harvest. Firstly, I want you to notice that in any fight we are in, it's the Lord who brings about a great victory. Not your fighting ability, not your faith to hold on, not your stance, not how gritting your teeth, but it's the Lord who brings about a great victory. It's His victory. It's all been done for us at the cross, at the resurrection. But there is a place for believers to stand in victory. There's a place for believers to stand, and the Bible calls it, fight the good fight of Faith, the good fight of faith. What does that mean? Just to fight the good fight of faith means to stand and believe and trust all that God has done for you. It means not to be moved. It's not to have human effort. It's spiritual energy on the inside of you brought about by the Holy Spirit. The battle is the Lord's, but we need to stand in faith. I want you to notice something that the enemy in these situations, what made these warriors mighty in david's in david's account here in the account of his life and these people around him what made them really mighty is that when the enemy came they didn't leave (laughs) when the enemy come they knew that the enemy was there to attack and that's what enemies do they attack and who knows the devil is still prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but all he's got is a roar but he's looking for you to come into agreement with the roar of fear and when we come into the agreement of fear and into that roar and, and step out, and, and he wants to get a foothold in your life. Get a foothold so he can get a stronghold and really set us back. That's his desire, to steal, to kill and destroy, John ten ten. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly to the full. So let's go with Jesus' plan. It's a lot better than the steal, kill and destroy. But these warriors knew that, the, that these the enemy was out to attack and they stood their ground when they were outnumbered because they knew that if god was on their side they are always in the majority 800 men with one spear no not with one spear with one god (laughs) all the all the troops with one with with this hand froze to the sword yeah but with one god on his side and you only need one jesus he's just one it's all you need on your side to stand in victory but i really want to hone in on this it says for shamma Great name, Shammah. And Shammah, uh, Jehovah Shammah, is a name you'll see in the Bible, which means the Lord is present or the Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah. He stood his ground. The Bible says, in the middle of this pea patch, in this pea patch that was. Probably ready for harvest. So there he is, the enemy's coming, everyone flees, but something about Shammah grabs me as a believer. It grabs me because he stood in the middle of the pea patch and all all the harvest around him, and he wasn't just thinking, I believe anyway, this is my preacher reading into this, he wasn't just thinking, oh, the enemy's going to destroy us. He was thinking, they're going to get our harvest. We have sowed here. We have planted here. We have invested here. We have gone to effort to to build something. And I'm not going to just run away and let the enemy come and take it. And he stood there and he said, this is my harvest love that thought, and he probably thought, I've got kids, and I've got grandkids that are going to eat from this harvest, and devil, you're coming against this harvest? No way, not today, and he stood in the ground, and he said, we're not moving, and he just said, no way, don't let the devil steal your harvest, he's looking for people that will stand in their field, their field, I love that, it says he stood in his field, in the middle of his field. And often the place of your field is the place of your fight. Often where the enemy is attacking is the place where you're going to be most fruitful. Often the thing that God's called you to, you feel the greatest pressure about. He wants us to stand in our fields, to stand and fight. He wants us to stand and not leave in a society where everyone leaves when it gets hard, When people walk out because it's too tough, I feel that it's a message for someone here this morning that it's just on the brink. I just don't know if I can do this anymore. And by God's grace, you can. You can stand and not be someone that walks away from your field. This this marriage is the one going to stay. We're going to get through this. We're going to work to whatever it looks like in your life. It could be the workplace God's called you to. And and, and you're there in that workplace. And you know that's your field. That's your expertise. And you know what? It's for the kingdom of God. It's for a harvest. It's to resource kingdom ministry. And you know, that's my field. But it's getting tough. And God's saying, I want you to trust me. I don't want you to walk away. I want you to stay in your field. Because There's a harvest. As a church, things aren't going to be all smooth this year. Who knows that? It's not going to be beer and Skittles, unfortunately. (laughs) I wish it was. I know there's going to be ups and downs, relational conflicts. There's going to be a lot of things happening. And that's why the next series we're preaching on leading into Easter is called Promises Greater Than Pandemics. And we're going to preach going into Easter that there are promises greater than any pandemic in your life because I just thought about it. Just about 100%, if not 99.9%, of every conversation we seem to have lands back on something to do with the pandemic, something around it. Is, oh, so we may as well not just talk about it out there. We're going to talk about promises that can help you in the life of pandemic chaos. And we're going to go into Easter with that. And I think that's a great thought. And And, you know, we want to stand this year as a church and go... We're going forward. We're standing in the harvest here. As you see, the kids run out. We, we, we believe in a church that, that the young people will be raised up in, that this will be their church, that they'll be leading and they'll be growing it and it'll be, it'll be more fruitful and, and it'll be more healthy than it's ever been. Amen? But it's going to take us to stand and it's going to take us to fight the fight of faith. We sometimes need to see beyond what we're going through. I remember when we went through... Um, uh, our journey in hospital and, and in that time there'd be times where it get really tough times where physically you cannot stand and you're on your knees crying and you're just a mess and at times like that i used to pull out of my wallet i had in my wallet a, a prophecy over over blaze over our son and with this prophecy i would pull out and i would read it at times and and it was what someone had written down a, a wonderful old lady i don't even know her name but she was at a prayer meeting that we went to at victory life church to pray for us as we we're going in for chemo and she just gave me this bit of paper and i ended up photocopying it laminating it putting it in my office but at the time when the going gets tough you need to be able to know that hey there's a harvest beyond this hurdle i'm believing in harvest time i just got to stand and fight the fight of faith because i'm trusting in the Harvest like Shammah and Eliezer. But I want you to know, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, is present. You with me? Yeah. I'll just give you a couple of thoughts because uh, this will sort of set up for the for the series going into Easter. But the next slide, I think, the, the the Scriptures, verse 10, it says this about Eliezer. He stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. And I thought, man, that's that's beautiful. His hand froze to the sword he was not going to let go It was just strong on the sword and victory or defeat for him was all about how he could hold the sword and who knows that the bible the word of god is the sword of the spirit ephesians 6 it is the sword of the spirit in other words you have the holy spirit in you are you giving him the weaponry he needs the sword That's why going into Easter, we're going to be giving you promises, giving promises that you can grab a hold of and that can really help us in our life uh, to be able to hang on to the Word of God. There's nothing more powerful than the Word of God. Amen? You know, some people, I love this, thought that they're all Word, Word, Word. It's all about the Word of God, Word of God, Word, 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 Word. And some people are all about the Spirit of God on this side. It's the Spirit. He just told me it's Spirit. It's whoo-hoo and whoo. It's the Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. And I love what someone said. They said, if you're all Word, you dry up. If you're all spirit, you blow up. If you're word and spirit, you grow up. And that's where we want to be, amen? That's a good thought. The spirit breathing upon the word. And, um, and we need to know how to hold the sword, just like Eliezer did. Has anyone ever had golf lessons? Anyone play golf? Yeah. What do they often say? Just changing your grip can change everything about your shot. Isn't that true? Sometimes it's just a small shift in how you hold the golf stick can give you a lot more success. Same with I did a cricket scholarship, and it's just we would get coaching, and just changing the way you hold the cricket bat can be the difference between hitting a, a snick to the keeper and actually smashing a cover drive for four. And I want to say, so in the natural, so it is in the spiritual that just sometimes changing your grip on how you hold the Word of God can be the difference between a six and getting out. So true. And I want to give you a couple of tips this morning, of tools of how to hold God's word that can really help us. And I'll just get through a couple, and then we'll just pray. But we'll see how we go. Are you with me? On, Joshua one verse eight. The last slide, my final slide on the screen says this: Do not. This is what they told Joshua. I think I've read this one to yous before, but I've never preached off it. Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Some people have trouble with those words, prosperous and successful. But I really have no problem with it. I believe God wants us to be prosperous and successful. Not in worldly success. That means we're we're all perfectly healthy and good looking and, and, and everything like that. And we've got all the money. But prosperous Uh, in your soul, that your soul would prosper, that your marriage would prosper, that your life would prosper, and that you would have good success, that you would be a successful Christian in that you are overcoming things and being more like Jesus every day. And the Bible says the way to have that is the book of the law, which was God's word to God's people. And it says, I want you to hold on to his word like Eliezer didn't let go. And one way he says to do it is don't let it depart from your mouth. To speak God's word is to change the grip. To change the grip of how you hold the sword. To speak God's word. He says, don't let the word of God get out of your mouth. As we go into this next series, we're going to learn to actually not just know a promise, but to speak promises. He says, that Joshua, uh, saying to Joshua, Joshua, if you get the word of God out of your mouth, you can get the will of God out of your life. And that's what the devil wants. He doesn't want you to walk in the will of God. But if you speak the word of God, it says, I want it to be on your lips. I want you to be talking about it. Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death are in the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The power of life and death are in what you, how we speak. Again, this isn't New Age, hocus pocus, name it and claim it. This is Bible age, speak God's word so often we go to the direction of how we talk about things. And it's a powerful thing to speak God's word. Let me give you a great example. Matthew 9, there was a woman. and She'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, a 12-year issue of blood. And uh, she came up behind Jesus and she touched his cloak. And in uh, Matthew 9, uh, 21, it says this, She said to herself, If only I touch his cloak, I'll be healed. Notice, she said to herself, she spoke the promise. She said, if only I touch his cloak, I'll be healed. There could be, maybe that them old prophecies are true. Maybe there is healing in his wings. Maybe there's healing in that garment. Maybe I could touch that. And she spoke, speaking it. And I believe that we need to be, if you want to be successful and prosperous and, and to live the life God wants you to live, I believe you need to talk to yourself a bit more. <laughs> you know? I look weird in the car. If you ever if I'm on my own, it looks really weird for people at the lights, because I'm talking to myself. Oh thank you, Lord, that you're with me. and and, and I think we need to speak it out he says don't hold the word that's how you hold the word if you're struggling with something it was good um we had a great time at the first young adults grow and there was some great discussion and things about (laughs) i'm not going to go into all of it right here (laughs) but one of it was you do when we are praising god when we are holding on to god's word when we're speaking it out it's quite hard to be living a life of sin when you're actually just speaking god's word So if you're going through temptation, you go, thank you, Lord, that no temptation has overcome me. That is not common to man, that you've provided a way out. That's what your word says. And I speak that to myself. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Notice when David went up against Goliath, he didn't just go with a handful of stones. He went with a mouthful of words before he was defeated. Why? Because there was a harvest beyond Goliath. There was a hurdle to get over, but David saw the harvest and he said, today I'm going to cut off your head. I'm wondering this morning, what do you need to start speaking to? Jesus did the same in the wilderness when the devil came to, to him. Every time he came to try and tempt turn these stones to bread, he said out loud, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He's speaking the word of God. That's how we hold this word. If you're, if you're, if you're struggling to get into the Bible, because it can be hard sometimes, it can be hard to maintain a daily routine of reading, and oh, it's boring, and I'm stuck in Leviticus again, and... <laughs> Or whatever, one way to really gear up your, your spirit to get excited about God's word is just to speak it, to find promises and put your name in there. I know, for I know the plans I have for Brad, says the Lord. Plans not to harm Brad, but to give Brad a promise, an expected hope, a hope and a future. Put your name in there and say, Thank you, Lord, for these promises. I believe them. I'm going to speak them. Amen. Another thing he says on, in this, he says, don't let it depart from your mouth, but meditate on it. We need to be a people that know how to meditate on God's Word. And you're like, man, I haven't, I'm not really good at meditating. There's anybody here very good at worrying? <laughs> yeah, we're professionals. Meditation is just worry in reverse, trusting God. <laughs> it's rolling over in your mind, the Word of God, the promises of God, trusting God. And, and he says, that's, where I, that's how I want you to hold the Word of God. I want you to hold it in your mind. I want you to marinate yourself in it. The worship team can come back up. We're going, I'm going to close off in a minute and pray for us. And maybe you're here this morning. Um, and I want to pray for you, but pray for us as a church, I mean, just this morning about as going forward. But he says to don't let it depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night. I guarantee you, our lives are going in the direction of our most popular thoughts that occupy our mind. Uh, I went to a conference this week with Churches of Christ, and it was really interesting. They had uh, some really good, uh, some stuff to think about there. They, they, and they actually talked a lot about social media. And they talked about actually the uh, one of the CEOs, founder of one of the social media platforms. I think it was Facebook, one of them. And they just put their, their vision right from the start was to, and they actually named it was to occupy the. I'll try and get this right. To occupy as much of the conscious uh, attention of every person for every day that we can. Does that make sense? Like their goal, they just name it, is to occupy all of their attention. And so often that's what happens. We, we are filled up on things and meditating on things and so many different uh, what places to get our information from that it's becoming toxic for our thinking. And we've got stinking thinking disease. And, and God wants us to meditate on His Word, to meditate on His promises because as you go through times when you're standing in your field and you're like man this is getting tough what's going to help you is holding on to the sword and meditating on it and speaking it out loud. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth said this he says I will not be moved by what I, feel. I, will not be moved by what I see. I'll be moved by what I believe and I believe God. What if that was the thing that really moved us this year as a church not what we see going on around us. Not feelings what we feel but what we believe. We believe what I believe moves me. I believe God is for me, not against me. Amen. I believe God has never left me for a moment. I believe He knows the hairs on my head and He loves me with an everlasting love. I believe His perfect love casts out every fear in Jesus' name. And we meditate on God's Word. Would you stand with me? I want to have a moment of just maybe ministry time. If you're just standing in God's presence, I haven't really done a conclusion because I just wanted to say, Lord, just take us where you want this morning. Holy Spirit, would you just, would you start speaking to hearts this morning in this attitude of prayer and worship? You know, there really is, and I believe this isn't just me saying it, there really is a harvest for us as a church and it's not a harvest that's about numbers, it's about people it's a harvest that is about relationships it's a harvest that is about restoration and it's a harvest that's about healing it really is a harvest about people becoming all that God created them to be and it really is a harvest about Kalamunda community all around us becoming all that God would want it to be But for you, maybe there's things holding you back. Maybe there's stuff that's stealing your harvest. I know God's put his finger on things in my life for this year that I want to change. I know I don't want to be the same, that I want to let him do some surgery in my life. I want to be fitter and stronger spiritually to stand, to stand in the field that God's called me to. I wonder about you this morning, what God's saying in your heart, in your life. You are called to the field. It's not just about what we do on a Sunday. We know that. But there's a calling to come and serve and to be a part of the community here for people. And we don't push that and say, you have to do this or have to do that. But maybe it is on your heart that this is, this is home for you. This is home for you. This is your spiritual home. I want to I tell you, I want to be here for you as a, as a pastor. We want to be here as a staff. We want to be here as elders, as leaders. To say, this is a place where you can see your harvest come to fruition. I believe that. Father, would you just work in our hearts and lives. Fathers, we make a choice to stand where you've called us to stand. Lord, I pray that the vision of the harvest would help us to overcome a lot of the things that are holding us back right now. I just had a great scripture come to my mind. It says this, that for the joy set before Jesus, for the joy set before him, He endured the cross. Even Jesus could see the harvest beyond the hurdle. He knew He had to go through the... He knew it was going to be hard to stand. And He said, Father, if You're willing, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, Your will be done. And for the joy set before Him, for You, my friend, for You, He saw You, a harvest. He endured the cross. So, Father, we commit our church to You. We commit our lives to You. And I just want to open up the altar if people want to come and pray, to come down and pray After the, during this song or after this song. Feel free to come and pray, but I'm going to hand it back to Abby and the team. Thanks.